Good morning, Mr. Mason. How are you? I'm quite well, reporting from a basement in the Midwest somewhere. And how are you? I am well, thank you. Ensign Stevie Mann's reporting for duty here at Set Phasers, a highly logical Star Trek podcast. Permission to come aboard, Ensign. What? Thank you. Oh, that means that you've taken on. Oh uh, no, 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 among the lotus Among eaters. the lotus eaters. Yes, it started 424708.5. And we're going to throw it down on this, but first we got to do a, We should start the show. Let's start the show. Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. favorite hosts, Stevie Manns and Aki Bermis, nerds of musical descriptions, here to help you understand and get a deep dive into the world of Star Trek. So yeah, let's do it. What are we doing today, Aki? Listen, we're getting into episode four of this season, so we're starting to get into the meat of the season, but we're also starting to get into the shenanigans episodes of Stranger Worlds, where the crew is all back together, finally. We're in our time, and our timeline, and... We have things to do. So this is episode four, Among the Lotus Eaters, and it's the Enterprise trying to clean up a little mess they made back in the day. Let's run it down. Yeah. Yeah. So many callbacks. Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? You gotta love these episodes. They are as long as the other episodes, but they go by so quickly because they're, I don't know, Star Trekky. And I, anyway, we begin with the Enterprise helping the USS Cayuga in some sort of joint thing, but really it's because Pike and Captain Battelle are trying to steal a little personal time with each other out in space. Trying a little kissy, kissy. A little kissy, kissy face going on. Yeah, for 30 minutes here. They try to do a lunch, or they try to do like a dinner or something, but every time they're about to kiss, they get interrupted by the crew, and actually, Battelle does give Pike this gift she found on a planet. It's an Apellian commander's keystone. It's known to guide lost sailors home, and Pike is very touched, and they try to kiss again, but they're interrupted like a third or fourth time. Each time by the crew, even though they're both like, hey, don't interrupt me for the next 35 minutes. Finally, Battelle does get interrupted by her crew because she uses a call from the Admiral, has a conversation. Pike is having wine. He he, he can sense that the conversation has gone poorly, and we find out that Battelle has been passed over for a promotion to Commodore due to Vice Admiral Pasalk from Episode 2. The mean guy who wanted to take down the entire Enterprise is working against her, and Pike is like, oh, man, maybe we shouldn't be dating because I'm hurting your career, the whole legal thing. And she's like, is that what you want? He's like, hey, just pull it back a little. 
And she's like, all right, I'll see you when I see you, Captain. And then Pike gets a message from Command about Rigel 7. So they both go off to do their things. And that's a little, what? Love life. Meanwhile, we find out about this Rigel 7 mission from years back. It was a Bronze Age society in a caste system. There was a warrior caste and a ruling caste. And the Enterprise had gone down there with an away team of five people and they lost three and Spock was almost dead and had to fight their way out. And But they were only there for a few minutes. And so as they managed to get out and get away and they've been keeping eyes on the planet because it's Bronze Age and don't want to break the prime directive, but they've been taking photos from space and they find this photo recently taken that's a huge topiary Starfleet Delta, which is the best way I can describe it, a giant garden shaped like a Starfleet Delta. And so they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we must have left something there. So we have to go back undercover and recover whatever it is we got and destroy it and take it off Rigel 7 so that they continue to develop as they would. And uh, Pike needs Mbenga to go, and he's going to have Ortegas fly a shuttle down to this crazy planet that's got all this stuff. And also, obviously, Laan security. Oh, so they all go. And then number one is like, hey, I saw the Cayuga, USS Cayuga left pretty quickly. And Pike's like, what are you talking about? No, what? And she's like, you do the thing you did where you push people away because they get too close. And he's like, I don't do that. And she's like, you definitely do. And he's like, say what? We got to deal with this Rigel 7 business. Then we get a very excited personal log from Erica Ortegas, the ship's pilot, excited to be part of the landing party going down to Rigel 7, very happy to be not in uniform. There's this crazy hard thing to do, so she's pretty excited to do that. But then as soon as they're about to leave, they find out that there's like an asteroid impact that's left all these fragments in the atmosphere and that she'll have to stay behind to navigate the Enterprise through these fragments to keep it safe. So she doesn't get to go. The landing party now is just going to be Pike, Mbenga, and La'an. Pike flies a shuttle down. The plan is to land and then hike 20 kilometers to the settlement and then take a look and then camp and then see what's going on. And Pike is like, the reason I need you too is I need people who can be fighters, who can handle themselves without a phaser. And we know that Mbenga can handle himself without a phaser in a fight because of episode... Is that one? Yeah, that was the first episode where... Benga and Chapel took the green stimulants and beat the crap out of 4,000 Klingons. So they're like, cool, let's do this. Let's do this mission. And then as they're walking out on, here's a high-pitched ringing and loses some time and thinks that maybe she was only away for a few minutes, but it turns out that it was actually more like six hours. They had walked for six hours, and because of the tinnitus in her ear, she had lost it, but she, but Mbenga's like, she seems okay to continue the mission, so we're just gonna keep going. They get to this palace. It's a well guarded tower. Lon hears the ringing again. They see that the Kalarans have phase rifles. And then they're approached by a Kalaran party. They try to lie, but then the Kalarans say, We know you are from Starfleet. And they take them in. At that moment, Mbenga hears the wine and he loses time. And when he comes to, they're inside the tower and they're meeting the leader of these Kalarans. And it's none other than bump, bump, bump. No real bump, bump, bump there, but. We briefly saw photos of the three members of Pike's party who were killed. And this is one of this is Zach, and he is the king now. This is this would almost be a lower decks episode. <laughs> He's mad that Pike didn't come find him because he didn't die, and now he goes by High Lord Zacharias. This all felt very 
lower deck seat. But he mentions this ringing that they're hearing, and he says it's caused by local radiation. It causes one to lose time, have headaches, and then eventually forget everything and everyone that they know and are. And Zach's like, you're going to suffer the way I suffered, and no one will remember you. And Pike's like, the Enterprise is right in orbit. And he's like, no one will remember by tomorrow. Whining sound. And then Pike comes to it with the landing team in a cage, but none of them remember who they are or why they're there. Meanwhile, on the ship, Uhura's having the same experience. She lost two hours. She goes to sick bay with Ortegas. And after being examined by Nurse Chapel, they see that there's a synaptic degradation throughout Uhura's brain. They give her a sedative. And then they're like, oh, man, as long as it's just her, we're fine. But then Spock relates that six other crew members are also experiencing this. So it looks like everyone's going to lose their memories and things are going to go pretty bad. The landing party are woken in the morning by guards who tell them to get up and they are befriended by a person whose name I never got. I could have Googled it, but I decided not to. So I'm going to call him The Stranger. Just a nice old man among the Kalarans who's like, we're field Kalarans and we go through hard forgetting. Is that what they're called? The forgettings? Yeah, right. I was trying to say, it's not the rememberings. They go through hard. He's, you had a hard forgetting last night. You must see the totem, but come follow me. And basically the tower protects people's minds. The people who live outside of it lose their memories every night. And they wake up and they consult this totem. And then they just do hard labor in the fields and then go back to their little villages or their little cages. So they're forced to do that. The stranger is trying to keep them calm. But those Starfleet instincts are kicking in, and Pike and La'an are like, there's only two guards here, and I, and I think we could take them out. And they don't know that they know each other, but the stranger says that emotions can guide you where memory can, so they can feel that, like, we know each other. We're friends. They have a, he feels that he knows Mbanga, even though Mbanga is doing wood sawing instead of rock chopping. But even though the stranger tells them to live in the moment and let go before they fight, they take down two of the guards, but La'an is critically wounded. Mbanga comes to her aid, but can't remember exactly how to save her, and the stranger says he will help them hide. Meanwhile, on the ship, Chapel explains the situation to Una, but has to explain it a couple of times because Una is hearing the whining as well. So they're forgetting the things that they're hearing, and Spock is giving out people, giving people their personal information files, hoping that if they lose their memories, they can look down, read who they are, and continue the work that they were doing. A very Vulcan solution. And Spock is the first to believe that Rigel 7 is the culprit. Una cannot remember the landing party, so Una basically gives command to Spock, and Spock asks to alter course so they can get away from the planet, and he goes up and gives Ortega that order, and, oh, come on. He goes up and gives Ortega that order, and Ortega starts to take them through the asteroid field. He's hoping that there's these exotic elements in the asteroid field that will keep the radiation away from the ship. Meanwhile, the landing party goes to the stranger's home. He shows him his symbol, his totem, Mbanga believes he can save La'an, even though the stranger's like, you should just learn to let her go. She will die, and then you'll forget in the night, and you won't have to deal with the pain. La'an's like, stop saying I'm going to die. And then Pike, seeing the totem and hearing about the story, the myth that the gods decreed that there would be two Kalarans, those who remember and those who forget and have to work. But there's a myth that in the castle there's a casket, and that's the place that saves all of Kalar's Kalaran's memories when they're inside the castle. And so Pike is able to convince the stranger to join him to storm the castle, to get the memories, to save La'an before the next forgetting. So they make their way there. They actually bring La'an with them because they need to keep her close because they don't want to forget that they need to save her when they do find their memories. 
And the stranger is like, I'll stay out here with Lon. He does not want to go in, does not want to find his past. He knows that he lost somebody based on his totems, but he doesn't want to know the story because he doesn't want to ease his sorrow. Pike loses some time. Ortegas on the ship also hears the ringing and loses some time and then comes to with the ship and doesn't know who she is and can't read their tablet and neither can Spock. And she knows that she's mad at Spock. She can feel that emotion. She's mad at Spock because he took her off the away team a.k.a. the landing party. And so Ortegas runs away from the bridge, being super freaked out and not knowing what to do, and is trying to find a safe place. And so Ortegas asks the turbulence to take her home. <laughs> it takes her to deck six, where everybody is wandering about, not knowing who and what they are, because they have had a hard forgetting. But she's able to, using the computer, find her quarters. She follows the illuminated path, the yellow brick road, if you will. The Lotus Eaters. I think that reference is from The Wizard of Oz. Is it? I think so. I think in the play... Wait, is that true? I thought there was something with Lotus or Opium or something. In the I Wizard thought it was a reference to Greek mythology. Lotus Eaters from the Odyssey. Yeah, I thought there was a crossover with... Maybe it's The Wiz. Never mind. Yes. The Lotus Eaters, it feels like such a common theme within science fiction. Yes. Some sort of plant that will eat you. I just thought that the ship saying follow the illuminated path was a sort of direct reference to oh follow the yellow mm-hmm. yeah but now Got I'm realizing it. I may have just been dreaming it happened in TNG Riker I forget where he had to ask and like follow an illuminated path mm-hmm. that the computer gave for him so it's happened once before we're off to see the wizard indeed the wonderful wizard of Oz okay because because, because of the wonderful things he does so Ortegas gets into her room and the ship is getting banged about by asteroids and she's begging the computer to stop that from happening, but doesn't really understand that the computer can't do that. Pike comes to and finds himself in a fight to get into the castle and Banga takes a hit, uh, has also lost time. He's unable to go into the castle with Pike, but he will hold the guards off at the gate and Pike goes in to get their memories. Meanwhile, Ortegas is talking to the ship and the computer asks if she would, she's like, get us out of here. And the computer's like, would you like to plot a course? And she's like, plot a course? Why do I understand what that means? And the computer's like, because you're Erica Ortegas, you're the pilot of the Enterprise. And she says, I fly the ship. And uh, and the computer's like, yes. And then so she makes that a mantra. She goes back to says, just to remember, she's, I'm Erica Ortegas and I fly the ship, which is also, <laughs> anyway, it was, that was great. I want a t-shirt that says... I'm Erica Ortegas and I fly the ship. She goes back to the bridge feeling emotionally that she can fly this ship through this asteroid field. And Spock is just manages to be like, you know what? I trust you. I feel that you can do this. Meanwhile, Pike fights his way into the castle, has a shootout with Zack. Doesn't remember who Zack is. Zack eventually yields and Pike is beating the crap out of him. But he says the story of the casket is nonsense and Zack won't tell Pike how to get his memories. Meanwhile, Ortegas manages to get the Enterprise clear. Zack attempts to exacerbate Pike's feelings and Pike is beating up on him because he won't tell him the truth of how to get his memories. And he's like laughing at Pike and so it's making Pike mad. And then Pike eventually is like, I'm going to shoot you. And he pulls up the phase rifle. And just as he's about to shoot Zack... That's when Zack says, oh, I'm sorry, I lied. Just being in the, the tower has an ore that keeps the radiation away that lets you keep your memories. And now that you've been here for a while, you'll remember everything. And so Pike doesn't kill him. And uh, he says, listen, I'm sorry, I mourned you. Not that I'm, he says, I'm sorry, period. I mourned you, period. <laughs> but everything that you did after we left you behind is your own doing. And so I'm going to bring you before Starfleet and let them decide the rest. 
quick ending thing. Mbenga goes, Mbenga and Lan get into the tower. They remember, they heal each other. The stranger seems distraught as he remembers that he had a family, but he's grateful to remember the story of the family that he had. And Pike realizes that he must apologize to Patel because he's been using that Opelian Wayfinder as a way to find his way. What a sentence Anyway, Not having his memory. Anyway, he's been using that Wayfinder as a way to find his way anyway. We're off to see the wizard. The crew got their memories back after getting clear of the debris. Debris? Wait, you don't say debris. <laughs> Who says debris? <laughs> no one. Someone says debris, Stevie. I'm telling you. In Star Trek or I don't in know. Life? Uh, yeah, this could be like a sensors thing. Yeah, the debris is fucking with our sensors. Yeah, maybe Vulcans say that there's debris in their sensors. Yes, everyone gets their memory back. Spock creates a field harmonic that prevents the memory loss. The em- the Enterprise tows the rock into outer space. And so the planet will no longer have that dangerous radiation. Pike and Battelle make up, even though it's a little stiff. But Battelle's like not all that convinced that they should try again. But Pike believes the emotion of love is what kept him on track in Rigel 7. And they kissy face face and they have 30 minutes to bomb chicken wow wow. And here endeth... <sighs> Episode four is a lot of bouncing and wow on this season. Episode four of season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Let's chat about that. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Let's do. This was classic, a classic TOS episode. Absolutely. Yeah. So classic. Memory loss. We do love a good memory loss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And But our the instinct and the friendship and the love shines through despite... Indeed. Even them, like with the crew, and Ortega gets onto deck six and everyone's just wandering around lost. Mm-hmm. And just the way, I don't even know how it's possible to do it exactly the way. Like, how can it look that different if people are just walking around looking a bit lost? But it looked so similar. Yeah. yeah. Just like this, oh, okay. What's happening here? I don't know why, but. I know. It's just very well done and fun. It was very well done and fun. And they had the classic three plot lines like the main plot line the b plot line and then this sort of like very tiny a plot line that's pike and battelle so like bookends with like pike and battelle it's not gonna work and then at the end like it could though the main like adventure on down on the planet and then i was like man i was i was miffed that ortegas didn't get to fly the shuttle but then ortegas has this great arc in this episode of going from um, we get the personal log, then losing the memory, then using the mantra, I'm Ortegas, I'm Eric Ortegas, and I fly the ship, to the final thing that is, I am Eric Ortegas, and I fly the ship, which is just so cool. It was so great. Yeah, because we don't often get that many personal logs Yeah, from non the non-captain yes. or anyone other than the captain. It's true, yeah. Which, to your point, there were three things or three storylines going on in this episode. And then the last episode, it was just La'an. Yes, that's right. Last episode, and we did get La'an's, but that was like, so we could get a little Kirk La'an kissy bound chick wounds. You know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you, you mean. You know what I'm saying. Kiss, kissy bound chick wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kissy bound chick wow Yeah. Obviously, they're doing so much in season two. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting to see where is it going yeah there's clearly a big conflict to it i thought maybe when we first heard their ringing that it was like the laan gorn thing 
And I was like, damn, they're going to bring the Gorn in already. But it's too early. I like I liked this episode. This is more about the relationships between people. And I love that Ortega's got a little shot. I think it's nice that they're giving us these little snapshots of the other officers. Like it was, there was no Pike in the first episode. Then, and no Pike in episode three. And no Pike in episode three. It was a courtroom drama in episode two. So we didn't, I don't think we saw like, there was like no nurse chapel. In, oh wait, there she was there in episode two. She wasn't in episode three. But like, there's still like the, fuck, Pike. There's still the Spock chapel thing going on. There's like a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that we can mine here. So I'm enjoying this. And Mbanga and his whole thing with fighting. So it's been a, it's been a fun season. Only four episodes in. And I cannot wait to see where things go. Even if it is mm-hmm. a war with the Gorn, a Gorn Warn. Oh dear. There was a fun moment and I will come on to that yeah. in the Easter egg section between Mbenga and La'an and they had this little shorthand between yes. them. This little, uh, you know, Did you know what that signal was? under the eye. No. Okay. I wondered if it was like a war thing, but I didn't think they were in the war together. It was Nurse Chaplin and Benga. I had no idea what that was about. I'm sure we will come to know, but I think there was a part of me that thought, I've missed something. Everyone else must know what this is and I don't. No, I don't think so, because I was like, what the, what? I went back and watched it a couple of times. Probably, knowing these writers, it's connected to something that is very obvious, but I can't imagine what it would be. It's like Noonien Singh. I like I racked my brain last night, but whatever. I love that. Also, because La'an having a friend is important. That's her sparring partner, her and Mbanga. Yes, they, that was fun. They box each other. and So I guess that's like a cool kind of relationship there. <clears throat> and then getting to see Pike, like, with no moral code, just trying to save his friends and almost kills one of his former officers. It was an interesting Hulk out slash loss of control pike and only at the last minute does he remember and not kill zach zacharias <laughs> you're right that was very so dex. lower decks to be like and now i've made myself king and they call me zacharias the mighty lord <laughs> it's like what i mean i because you don't forget we are going to get a crossover we are going to that's right i forgot we're going to get a crossover this is exciting. This could have been it with this sort of slightly ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, here's a former crew member we thought was dead who's now become king. Yeah. But this was the obviously the intention here was really to throw back to the cage. Yes, indeed. So I love. Oh, well, might as well. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we return. Welcome back to Set Phasers. We go immediately to the Easter egg desk with Stevie Man. Stevie, how are you today? Hi there, okay, I am doing well. It is great to be here on the set of Star Trek Strange New World Season 3 episode... Season 2, Episode 3... 4. Shit. Season 2, Episode 4. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And we have... We have a fountain, a plethora, a pit of Easter eggs for you. A veritable hunt of Easter eggs. Excuse me? Are these Britishisms? I'm trying to... No, I'm trying to think of different metaphors. Okay. Anyway, Every. we start Sorry. with obviously the trek. The trek trope here was the memory loss trope. Do love a good memory you love loss. It. You love we love our tropes love here. Our we tropes. do. We don't care that they are tropes. The fact that they are, it's just, it's nostalgia. It's about we how well they're done. They're like old recipes we love. So the Mariner's Keystone that Battelle picked up for Captain Pike's little anniversary gift, she said that she got it from the planet Galt. Did you know that this was probably the same Galt where Worf grew up 
No. Which, yes, which from the perspective of this show is clearly in the future. Yeah. So I thought that was a bit fun. A little deep cut there. A little deep. A little deep. Rigel 7. Obviously, this is all about, we're all on Rigel 7. First glimpsed in the telepathic flashbacks in The Cage, the very first Star Trek pilot episode from 1965, the original series. Number one that says, we were there five years ago as a routine exploration of an M-class planet, or a class M planet. And that would have happened in the year 2254 because it's 2259 in the present. Indeed. So the entire backstory of the cage occurs just before what Pike called the fight on Rigel 7. So we're getting lots of canon and time timelines, which is rather fun. I think. Rather fun. Rather fun. This is just a little silly thing, but if you remember, in the cage, Spock walks with a limp, which is yes. an intentional choice. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, Pike mentions that we lost three people. We had to get to Vega Colony before Spock's injuries made it four. Right. So I thought that was obviously calling back to the fact that in that episode, Leonard Nimoy's decision to walk with a limp, they thought, oh, let's tie it in. Yeah. So some super nerdy people at that writing desk. They're um, really going ham on that because he's not even really Spock in that episode. He's like just yeah. a hench. Oh, he's a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they needed to tweak a lot of things, yes. and I'm glad they did. Yeah. But subdermal universal translators in order to communicate with the local Kalar the landing party has subdermal universal translators now we wonder why these not be these we wonder why these wouldn't be standard issue all of the time yeah. and in discovery we still have the standard communicator work as a universal translator in next gen it's assumed that the combat is also a built-in universal translator mm -hmm. And in Patterns of Force, in the original series, Kirk and Spock had subdermal transponders injected into their arms, which were basically homing beacons. Mm -hmm. So it slightly pokes fun at canon, and why is this not always yes, there? Yes, someone trying to solve these problems yes. intermittently. They're like, oh, because they're here this way. But if we had them, then we wouldn't need Uhura. This is 100% true. But even Uhura is really there because she's able to learn new languages. But also, listen, if we had them and it and we didn't deal with languages, we would never have Jalad yes. at Tanagra. The you know what I mean? Yes. So whatever. Universal Translator could do fuck all with that. That's right. Could do fuck all with that. Fuck all Now that's that. some British shit. Fuck all. <laughs> Uh, okay, number one takes over the helm from Ortegas and says, I flew the Enterprise before you did. Mm -hmm. Now, an implicit reference to the cage, but also to Discovery Season 2 and short treks. Yes. Prior to Strange New World, number one was both the flight controller of the Enterprise and the first officer at the same time. That's right. She can do all the things. Una, number one. Una. Una. Mbenga and the An. So it's not, we talked about this. We've seen their little shorthand, a specific shorthand gesture near the eye. Mm -hmm. Let's just know that there's some sort of understanding. And when they both regain their memories, we see the same hand gesture, just as we did in the first episode of the show in season one. Oh, wow. So maybe we need to, like, have another look at it. I forgot about that. Yeah. So Touche. Touche. And my last Easter egg. It's not an Easter egg as it is more of a observation. Mm. The end of this episode finds us zooming out from the windows of Captain Pike's quarters with Captain Bertel. And they're having their boom kissy. What is it? Wow. What did you call it? Boom chicka wow uh, wow. You made it dirtier. How could you? It's kissy <laughs> boom chicka wow wow. Keep it clean. It's family show. Yeah. A kissy kissy boom chicka wow wow. Yes. So from the look of it, it seems like that puts his room 
right near the front of the saucer section, slightly to the left, probably meaning that Pike's quarters are on a different deck than everyone else's, which we know are on deck six. And that to, that callback from to, in this episode was from the original series where the computer said something about deck six. So we know now that Pike's quarters are on a different deck. And also, these nice windows seem more than a little inspired by 10 forward in the next generation. Oh, touche. Touche. Those did have well, 10 oh, sorry, yes. Well, I can't, that's all for me at the Easter egg desk here on Star Trek. It is back to you in the studio. Oh, that was interesting. Did you turn into a Muppet at the end? Yes, I did. Marvelous. Let's... I've, done it, I've done it before. And, and it you'll do it again. Unintentional. It's fine. Let's go on to... Clo- it's hard. That's, when you do it, then it's hard for me not to. Let's go on to quotable moments. Quotable moments. See you when I see you, Captain. I liked that. That was pretty cold. I'm Erica Ortegas. I fly the ship. I'm Erica Ortegas. I fly the ship is, yeah, the stuff of legend. That's stuff for a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt, 100%. I liked when Zacharias, again, in keeping the lower decks feeling of things, when Pike's like, just come with me and we take you back and get rid of this cultural contamination. He says, I armed the locals with Starfleet tech and made myself king. There's no going back for me. Very lower decksy. Speaking of lower decks, my prediction tinfoil is that the crossover will be both live action and cartoon so i think so i think i've seen little few little clips oh. or some behind the scenes photos Excuse that you? mariner yes. and boimler are going to be live action i did see a photo of them of the two of jack quaid and oh god i can't remember tony newsom tony newsom in uniform and i was like this and but i, I hate spoilers so i flew right past it but I already I was like, that's probably either that's a con that they're at and they're dressing up or that's them on screen. Anyway, they looked great. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, yes. Also, I like when Spock says to Pike, your logic feels sound to me, which means he not. Feels. Yeah, your logic feels sound to me. Remember Spock is dealing with his emotional barriers haven't been broken down, so he's trying to con- contain his his outbursts, like the one he did in episode two, when he had that conversation with Patalk. We forgot to discuss, but Patalk sucks in the chat section. I just wanted to put that out there. Patalk sucks, and he can go kick rocks. And finally, I liked when the stranger said, I am past the need to remember. I am too afraid of the pain. It was such a Star Trek style foible to have where he's like, I won't go on. No, I don't need to know. I prefer not to know the pain is too great. I was season two, season three of Discovery was all about someone whose memory had was too painful for them to confront. It's in your favorite scene or line ever. Oh, computer. I've forgotten it now, but it was like, show me my past. It hurts. (laughs) I do. I really <laughs> did love that line, and I need to look it up because it's. I should have it tattooed. I think we should do a rewatch of Discovery. I would love that. Like the we, whole thing. We're gonna have to because it's yeah. been. It's like gonna be so long for the next episode. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, on to next time. Or did you have? Did you have a clue? No, no. Let's just move on. The next time. Next time on set phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we'll talk about Season 2, Episode 5 of Star Trek, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. 
Is that close to the Windsor accent? I've been working on it. Which win, win, Windsor? Sort of, As in yeah, like, like House of Windsor. Yeah, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Like the Queen. Like the Queen. Hello. You are talking like the Queen, happy, but you aren't talking like Prince Charles. Happy, happy Christmas. I haven't heard Prince Charles talk enough to know what he sounds like, but <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of... You're doing a good queen. I've got a, plenty of Elizabeth. So anyway, I've been working on it. Episode 5 of Star, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Entitled charades, charades. I don't know how to say that. Charades. This could be shenanigans or this could be bonkers, but I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, if you enjoyed the episode, yes. I do love some hijinks. I think we're in, we're due for some hijinks. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow us wherever you get your podcast. We have plenty of episodes. We've discussed Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek Picard, and we have all those episodes wherever you get your sweet sweet podcast from. Indeed. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Stevie Bands. And I still carry the weight. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer, show me my past and end program. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed I that, did. didn't you? <laughs> I very much did. <laughs>